I'd like to begin with a prayer in honor of Earth Day. And this is a prayer from St. Basil the Great in the 4th century. O God, enlarge within us a sense of fellowship with all living things, our brothers, the animals, to whom you gave the earth as their home in common with us. We remember with shame that in the past we've exercised the high dominion of mankind with ruthless cruelty, so that the voice of the earth, which should have gone up to you in song, has been a groan of travail. May we realize that they live not for us alone, but for themselves and for you, and that they love the sweetness of life. Amen. Today is the last day of the octave that is Easter. The Easter season goes on for 50 days, but there is a particular eight days, which is the octave. And this Sunday has often been called Low Sunday, and that refers to the expected attendance. (laughs) But it also has another name, which one of your former rectors, Stu Schlegel, liked to use, and it's Bright Sunday. And it takes its name from the spirit of joking and fun that follows the long preparation of Lent and Holy Week and ends in the great joy and laughter, holy laughter, of Easter. Um, Stu Schlegel and I corresponded, and um, he spoke of Bright Sunday. He wrote of it, saying, After the deep seriousness of Holy Week and Easter liturgies and homilies, I thought it would be great to lighten things up a bit with a good joke. And he went on to say, This is not a totally weird thing to do, because it has a wonderful precedent in Christian history. In many Greek and Slavic countries, Easter Monday has for many centuries been celebrated as a day of joy and laughter, a time of great fun and humor in honor of the resurrection of Christ. So why not carry that note of joy on for a while with some good Christian playfulness? The custom was rooted in the musings of the early church. Theologians like Augustine, Gregory of Nyssa, who was a brother of Basil the Great, whose prayer you heard, and St. John Chrysostom, who believed, all believed, that God played a practical joke on the devil by raising Jesus from the dead. Rhesus Pascalis, the Easter laugh, they called it. And it's remained a tradition in some Orthodox churches. Father Schlegel concluded, Martin Luther once said, God is not a God of sadness, God is a God of joy. Even gloomy old John Calvin, another of the great reformers, said, Sour sour godliness is the devil's religion. And so today, when our lessons give the disciple Peter voice in both the first lesson and the epistle, and the gospel tells of Thomas seeking to see and know if Jesus had really been risen in the flesh, let's explore the lessons, but with a good mix of levity. I'll begin by sharing a few bits of humor that Stu Schlegel sent to me. Do you know what you get if you mix a termite with a praying mantis? You get a bug that prays before it eats your house. (laughs) The next one is a true story about Robert Runcie, the previous Archbishop of Canterbury. He said that once he had to take a train from one city to another in England, 
And when he got on the passenger car, he found that all the other passengers in the car were inmates of a mental institution being taken on an excursion. The mental hospital attendant was counting the patients to be sure they were all there. He counted one, two, three, four, five. When he came to Runcie, he didn't recognize him, and he said, who are you? Runcie replied, I am the Archbishop of Canterbury. The attendant smiled and pointing at him, continued counting six, seven, eight. <laughs> One Sunday morning, a woman said to her husband, get up, George, get up, you're going to be late for church. He rolled over and said, I don't want to go to church. I am sick of church. Everybody there is too pious and self-righteous. They're all snotty and a bunch of hypocrites. She said, George, you're a 58-year-old man and the rector of that church. Now get up and go. After a service, a little boy asked the rector what the marble plaque in the narthex meant. The priest solemnly replied that it listed all the brave men and women from the parish who had died in the service. The boy looked at the list for a long time, then asked, did they die at the 8 o'clock or the 11 o'clock? <laughs> I had a good joke to share with you about the disciples, especially Thomas or Peter, but I don't. And actually, I'm hoping some of you may bring me some. I assume they enjoyed a good laugh, but our scriptures don't share their jokes. At least we haven't been able to interpret and understand them. What they do tell us this Sunday is that Peter found his faith after his denials, and having witnessed the resurrection, proclaimed it in public speech and in his few letters. And they tell about Thomas, who has often been called Doubting Thomas. To my understanding, Thomas was simply a person who liked first-hand knowledge. He didn't take someone else's word on something as serious as the resurrection. He questioned information until he could personally verify it. Like many of us who may have put great stock in the word of Scripture and in the tradition we've inherited, he felt that to truly believe, he had to experience God himself. Thomas not only wanted to know about God, he wanted to know God. This doubting of Thomas is often seen as a bad thing, a failing, when in fact, it's really an open door for God to enter. When we are absolutely certain we are a closed door and not open to the movements of God in our lives. Rabbi Abraham Heschel once said, I shudder at the thought of a society ruled by people who are absolutely certain of their wisdom, by people to whom everything in the world is crystal clear, whose minds hold no mystery, no uncertainty. The Episcopal theologian Diana Butler Bass has explored the creeds and the use of the word believe as in, I believe. She says that the actual ancient understanding of the word believe was more like trust than to give mental assent. And so if you struggle with the creed, 
try replacing the word believe with trust and see if that helps you to include the part of you that questions in your faith journey. I think it's very important to note that Jesus does not berate Thomas for his desire to personally experience the risen Lord. He invites Thomas to touch his wounds. Jesus meets Thomas where he is and leads him into faith and trust. For those of you who may be questioning, and people do at various times in their lives, know that God will meet you and welcome you right where you are and this community welcomes you as well. I'd like to close with a few more jokes. A father was reading his son Bible stories. He read, a man named Lot was warned to take his wife and flee out of the city, but his wife looked back and was turned to a pillar of salt. His son asked, what happened to the flea? A wife had invited a number of people to dinner. At the table, she turned to her six-year-old and said, Would you like to say the blessing? I wouldn't know what to say, the child replied. Just say what you have heard mommy say, the mother responded. The child bowed her head and said, Lord, why on earth did I invite all these people to dinner? (laughs) And here are some answers to religion questions from elementary school kids who were at a church school. They were asked questions about both the Old and New Testaments, and here are some of the answers. The first commandment was when Eve told Adam to eat the apple. Noah's wife was called Joan of Ark. (laughs) Moses went up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Amendments. (laughs) Joshua led the Hebrews in the Battle of Jericho. Solomon, one of David's sons, had 300 wives and 700 porcupines. (laughs) Lot's wife was a pillar of salt during the day, but a ball of fire during the night. (laughs) When Mary heard she was the mother of Jesus, she sang the Magna Carta. Jesus was born because Mary had an immaculate contraption. (laughs) One of the opossums was St. Matthew. St. Paul cavorted to Christianity and preached holy acrimony, which is another name for marriage. (laughs) And so if St. Paul can cavort to Christianity, I guess we can too. Let us pray. Holy One, may our faith help us to quit the despair of human life and put our troubles and vanities into proper perspective. May it give us lives passionate for justice rooted in kindness, and echoing the great laughter of heaven. Amen.